So here's what happened as a proud member of the Why Though podcast community. Hey guys, welcome to part two of our Black Panther discussion on So Here's What Happened. I'm your host, Nisha, and I'm joined once again by these lovely ladies, my co-host, Carolyn. Hi, everyone. And our beautiful editor-in-chief and my best friend, Kay. Okay. <laughs> I was like, do I say my name? How do- you say your name, Hi, but it's I'm fine. Kate. I'm Kate, who needs yes. cues on things. <laughs> yes, it's fine. It's fine. You waved on a podcast. But it's- okay, there was a reaction. <laughs> yes, there was a reaction, so you did the part. Listeners but yeah, just can't see it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. If they listen to the previous episode, then they already know that we were planning on doing this part two, and you agreed on the recording to come back, so they should have already known. But yeah, so if y'all, for some reason, skipped the previous episode where we talked about Black Panther Wakanda forever. Um, You can go back and listen to that again, where we go into the synopsis and film discussion. But through our very in-depth discussion in our previous episode, there definitely seemed to be room for more discussion to be had, specifically around some things with the characters and the issues we had and some things we just needed a chance to go to. So we decided to do a part two. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we just want to go ahead and kick that off. And we're going to go right back into talking about the characters. Um, specifically, Kate's favorite. We can kick that off with Namor or yes. Namor. I'm, I'm never gonna call him Namor. I'm not like I, I didn't grow up with that. I'm sorry, Namor. <laughs> I'm so sorry, sir. It just rolls off the tongue when he says it, though. It Namor. does. It does. Would you say El Niño Namor? Um. Yeah. Um, I so I did want to like make a note of like how they did choose to adapt the name. I thought it was smart. I thought mm-hmm. it was smart. Uh, it's like Nino Sin Amor, Child Without Love, which is really interesting when you think about his character arc. And like we talked about in part one, the grief of yeah. all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a- adapting an existing character is always hard, especially when they have such a long history. Like he was one of the um, I believe Namor, Namor was one of the first like superhero superhero types that Marvel mm-hmm. had as a Submariner. So when you kind of think about that, I think that the name change really showcased a thoughtful adaptation. Because um, one of the things that I don't like is when you take a character and you change, um, you change who they are, but you don't you don't recognize how those changes impact the world around them and impact their storylines. Um, and I think that what they did here was they were like, okay, we're not just like coming in and making him Mexican or, or indigenous Mexican. Mm-hmm. We're coming in and changing the lore itself to represent who this new character is. And I think when you do that, you're giving the actor who's stepping into that role the runway to not be in something shadow in a really effective light. So uh, that, like, when you think about, like, the, as a character, I think the adaptation of him was very, very well done and well thought out. Yeah, I think it was smart of um, Brian and Joe to make him, to not only retcon where he came from, but also putting it, setting it in um, indigenous in an indigenous community, giving him an indigenous Mexican identity and casting an indigenous actor, it makes sense to me, technically, in on a, in a technical aspect, because it ties 
because he's they're telling the story directly to Wakanda first, it makes sense to have these two these two countries. Are you okay? <laughs> you almost gonna fall out the chair. <laughs> Sorry, my like headphones like did this like weird screechy thing, and I didn't know what was happening for a second. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it, it, it makes sense because it, because of how Ryan built up Wakanda, he he gave us the beginning of Wakanda, and he to me he's done one of the best um, origin stories in the entire MCU and in also all of the superhero comic book film genres. He did the best with Black Panther, and he did the same thing with Wakanda Forever by building up um, Namor and, and Telekan and starting from the ground up. It's a, it's a great introduction for people who are new to the character of Namor and like, but then, but there's, but they still know about, um, about Mayan. Like we grew up like knowing about the uh, Mayan pyramids and those kind like places like, um, in like Bolivia and stuff like, and even, and those are Aztecs, but like we, but people have a foundation idea of like Chichen Itza and those kind of places. So like, if he, if you give them a, something similar, they're like, okay, I can draw a reference for this. Whereas the thing with the, a lot of the other MCU films, they rely on you knowing the comic book backstory for all of these other characters. Yeah. You, they, for all of those films, you have to have some kind of comic book knowledge to be able to understand where these stories are going. And Rain is like, no, I'm going to kind of take that away so that anyone can watch these two these these films and know that they're learning about these characters along with the people who know about the comic book history because the comic book bros they had he threw he threw that away completely as you were saying and like they have to learn along now with new audiences mm-hmm. which i think is a smart way to go and it kind of yeah, does yeah. build up and um, because he's talking about colonization and colonialism and imperialism this is also giving both wakanda and talakan a similar history so yeah. that when they do form the allyship, um, allyship at the end, they have that they have that commonality, and that's where they can both grow, b- build their allyship on coming, especially coming from like having a tumultuous introduction to both countries because they went to war. Yeah. But like they can say, okay, you know, we went to war, but we both have the same foundation of wanting to protect our people it's from colonization. Exactly, yeah. it's a point of it's a point of commonality, and it was a smart thing. It was a very, very smart thing to do. And it's also just like um, Brian is saying, we got to put more brown skin people and more people, melanated people in the MCU because they ain't enough. <laughs> yeah, right. And I will agree. Like, I like that it's not something that's, how should you put it? I, we talk about how things can be adapted from comics and you can tell an original story. And that's probably like my one of my favorite things about Namor and his people is just like, you you can have a vision for how like you have the character like how it's based in the comics and like they have a history but then I like that he took the liberty like he had the liberty and his team like you know what we can do something different because it would have been very easy to just put anybody in that role but instead he decided to like you know what there's an opportunity to use the Yucatan language there's an opportunity to use my like my culture and there's an opportunity to do that and to do it respectfully I'm not saying it's perfect because, like, I would not know if it's perfect because I am not an anthropologist nor am I an expert. But I could tell that, like, you know what? They made very deliberate choices. Like, I don't know if we got a chance, if I got a chance to say this, but, like, I no, we did talk about it because, Kate, you mentioned, like, just being able to see brown skin on display and be celebrated for beauty. And, like, it's not hidden behind a green mask and they're not aliens like I love the decision for them to be blue on the surface because it's about how they changed and they're no longer a part of the surface world but now they you see them in like 
as themselves underwater. Yeah. And I think that that, that's a really good point that both of y'all make. And I think too, like when we look at adapting, like I am, I'm always hesitant when I do see adaptations done because I think that you have to be conscious of what you're changing. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when the trailers came out and when we learned of that, they were going to like Atlantis was no more. It was Thalogan. I was like, okay, um, if you're going to throw everything out, why didn't you just throw out the blue too? Like you could like, and so that's where my brain went because I was like, okay, now you're, you're doing the kid is only one indigenous man okay here and that's where my brain went because that's what we've gotten for so long Mm -hmm. um but seeing that like not only did they adapt a new a new i don't want to say like submerged culture but they were like no every piece of it so even the skin color ends up like that has a very purposeful meaning these people had to change everything about who they were Mm -hmm. um i i think for the most part it is, it, it's near perfect. It's almost perfect. Um, I have a couple of issues. Like that Lokan is Aztec. Like that, that uh. word exists. That Lokan is the word for paradise from the Aztec codices. Mm-hmm. And Aztec and Maya both came from the Olmec and Toltec, but they were very different. Um, Maya were very connected to the sea. So it makes sense that this is ultimately where we went. Um and the other thing that I didn't like was that they anglicized Thalokan. So Thalokan is T-L-A-L-O-C-A-N. In, mm-hmm. they I was took out, and they took out the T-L. And I'm like, you could have just made them say it. Like, yes. you could have just made them say it. Right. And, the same way, just about differently in Romanizing. In Roman, but just, you know what? I, I, you, it... I, it, it bothers me because like those little things, like we may change it to be understood by somebody else, but you have the choice as a writer and a director to say, no, we will make you learn how to say this. And yeah. that that's mm-hmm. what bothers me because there's a power in that, right? It's a reason why I make people put the accent mark on the A because I know that it's fine to do my last name without it, but it means something to me to have that there. Yeah. And so I think no, I that that's why it bothers. Saying. Okay, so then any other final thoughts on Namor? Um, I think the one thing that I really want, I want to take this moment to tell people that Noche Huerta has been in so many things already. And you can watch a lot of them. So Son of Monarchs, he's the lead actor in it. It's a really beautiful film. Uh, He plays a biologist that is on HBO. Tigers are not afraid. He plays the villain, an actual villain in Mm. that one. That's on Shudder. He is in Madres, which is a really amazing horror film on Prime Video. That is a look uh, through its its folkloric horror to look Mm. at the way that um, Latinas and specifically Mexican women were sterilized in the um 1960s 70s and 80s mm. and then um he's also in the forever purge which sounds dumb because it's like purge number 11 but it's <laughs> if you're from texas like that that actually does a good job of kind of like synthesizing what it's like to be a brown mexican in texas and like the type of racism and pushing that happens both for mm-hmm. um like immigrant communities but like ex- like u.s born latinos too so i yeah, that those I knew he was familiar. I was like, I yes. watched him in something, mm-hmm. and I'm not gonna rest until yes, okay. And he's in you. Narcos Mexico, but yeah. I don't, I don't watch narco films. Oh. Yeah, so the, I can't attest to it being good or bad. I have <laughs> no idea. Of the the flight of the monarchs that was a Sundance film because that screened for Sundance and Southwest Southwest. 
And Tigers and Art of Prey was another festival film mm-hmm. too. So I know about the two of those from, from Festival Carpage. But yeah, he's a fantastic actor. Like honestly, he is um Brian Coogler and his casting director. I'm gonna pull her because she is amazing. The Oscars mm-hmm. really do need to create a category for um casting directors. You're not wrong. Art yeah. and of itself. And his casting, I wanna know who he did his chemistry cast, um, his chemistry test with because his scene okay so sarah finn she worked with ryan on black panther and she's also worked with him i think on the on the creed films as well mm-hmm. so that's another thing with ryan like he once he has people that he knows that he can work with he sticks with them and they work with him really well yeah and she this casting for tanosh is so is genius not only because he's indigenous but his chemistry with um with, with angela bassett just about anybody like, anybody on the other end that man works miracles with them you how can you like his scenes with angela the one so on the beach i call where he does like the daniel kaluuya lean into her just face comes up to her to the side yeah. i was like i will i was like i was like god damn I'm, I'm supposed to hate you in this moment but i want you two to kiss i'm like kiss her <laughs> the tension the tension <laughs> i was mistaken i'm like i'm mistaking this like tension of war for other types of tension because like, you got two very amazing actors just he's talking about i will kill your daughter and i'm like you're saying this but you're i'm seeing something i'm like my ears and my eyes are telling me two different messages i'm like now kiss yes yeah, i was like i'm totally fine with that man punching me in the chest right now i don't care like i just, I just like, and black we got to feel that yeah i know <laughs> oh no you uh, got to feel that from the other one he, he got that one punch and he was like, you know what? I see where this man is coming from. And he stayed I, on the ground. Yeah. But this, his scenes with Angela. And that is a scene, hard task. Like that is like to not like to not lose yourself acting against somebody so powerful like Angela Bassett. Yes. Like that is a testament to how like how one, how much the camera loves his face. Yes. Like he was doing the same thing that like the same um mannerisms that she was like emoting with her face mm-hmm. he was not just saying a line he was emoting the line yes. and like that is a high bar to clear and like maybe like deny deny also held her own but like i can't name anybody else in that movie that like didn't get completely swallowed up by her no oh, like yeah, the two no. of them together in a scene that's why i'm pissed that they killed her off because imagine the scenes that we could have had with yeah. them as rulers together. Can we get I into that real quick? Because I do have Ramonda's death on here yeah. specifically. Okay, this is a perfect segue into yes. Ramonda and, and her and yes. Angela Bassett. And we can talk about them. Because so, like, I'm just going to say it. Ramonda did not have to die. At none. At, at all. all. And my biggest thing is there's just so many flaws with the decision to kill her, I just don't feel like it was Ryan's choice. I feel like this was a Marvel decision to move the story forward for Shuri. I it, think that they sacrificed her so that Winston Duke can do something in the next movie. That's okay, what so I yes. think they did. Oh, so like, I love Winston, but... Okay, wait. So before we move on just a bit, like I, a friend showed me an article today. Is I, ha- I, have, I didn't get a chance to read it, but it's in sci-fi. Let me pull it up. And um, so it's Angela Bassett was saying um, apparently she initially objected to her, uh, of course. Of course. To, like, to, of course. To Ramonda getting killed off. But apparently, I didn't read it, but my friend was saying that apparently 
Ryan, it was partially also partly Ryan's fault, but I don't really know if that's true. <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe I it. I can't believe that. I refuse. That would be too much of a betrayal to me. That feels like an MCU story decision. I'm going to leave it at that. I like, like, a decision too, because we know they don't like it when you have more than one person of color ruling at the same time, because it would have been two black women. It would have been Ramonda and Shuri. And then when you consider the amount of people of color in the show, if you add, and then if you had Tenosh, as another leader, then you have Kang as another leader. Then you have um, well, so like my as only, another leader. Well, my only pushback on that is that I think so. I think that they did it specifically to create a pathway for Winston Duke to do more as Mbaku mm-hmm. because when it ends, Shuri is the Black Panther, but Mbaku's here to be leader of Wakanda yeah, he's now, challenging. Yeah. and they pushed and it back towards now. Oh, so now we have to have a king again. Right, right. We just got a queen. We were about to have two queens. We were literally sure he would have eventually taken up the throne if that's what she wanted. But at the same time, if and this is my whole thing. First off, if the goal was you wanted to remove Ramonda from the throne, she she is tired. Once Shuri becomes the Black Panther, she would probably just step down, take a step back, go live with yeah, your daughter-in-law. Because like, when, what, with like your Ramonda's been queen regent before, right? Like she's yeah. ruled in Wakanda while her kids were getting ready. Yep, like that, right. she already has been doing that. I can and picture like, Shuri being at the UN giving these same. But see, Shuri never wanted, wanted and I know this is like me going off of like what we know of Shuri, but like Shuri has never said she wants the responsibility of a ruler. Never. Oh she's yeah, never and she said finishes it. this movie not wanting it too. Without, right, without even wanting it. So if the goal was to remove, like, T'Chaka's family, the, I don't, they don't have a last name as far as we know, but like, you know, if the goal was to remove that family from the seat yeah. of Wakanda's throne, you could have just had Ramonda retire, Shuri still be the Black Panther, Ramonda could be like a council, a council to the next leader, which it, now we know is going to be M'Baku. And the other thing is like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> The only way, the only way I would have accepted her death was if she took the heart shaper first, became Uh, the Black Panther for like a hot minute, and and then got killed in battle, (laughs) and then Shuri came up. That was the only way I would have been okay. There's there's so (laughs) many more meaningful ways that she could have died. Yeah, Yeah, she has so many more meaningful ways that she could have died, and like that's kind of my point because like. What sense? Because like she's a she's the former Dora Milaje. She's a former general. What sense would it make to put the ruler of Wakanda and the fucking des- the object of desire that the enemy is coming for in the same room, unguarded, no weapons, mm-hmm. and you're very visible? None of that scene makes sense. Because like, why would she, as a general, with all this tactical knowledge, because she even tells her to run? It's like you couldn't have told her like when it started. My whole thing is like, why tell her to run and stay? Run with her. Run with her because you had nothing. Take her hand and drag her up. That had me so I was literally in the cinema and I was like, she better not die. She better. And then it was like, this is some bullshit. And the other people that were in the cinema, the first person was a press screening and everybody went like, what? That felt so lazy. It just felt like a lazy way to kill her off because I'm just like, you could, you know what would have been writing? She steps in and she stops Shuri from killing somebody because she doesn't want Shuri to be a killer. Don't that just have been... her be the construct. Have her actually like they're telling her not to be a killer. Exactly that part. Like it, that would have been more impactful. Yeah, or right? like, but though no, you it just none of that scene makes and sense it, logically. 
it's also really hard too because our scene right before that is extremely powerful. Like when when Thanos come when Namor comes in and hits the glass, she doesn't flinch. At like all. That type of fearless, like, and I know that that was their moment to have their like that their like game of chicken a little bit. Yeah. But and that was a great scene. But like, how are you going to take that and then immediately like go to her being face down? And and then like, they make it, and they, they they try to yes, they say they try to make it amazing and benevolent because she died saving um Riri. But I'm like she she died like Nisha and I were talking afterwards. We were saying she didn't even have to die. If you want to have her temporarily out of it to like to get been the princess Leia her put her in more. a stasis chamber, a coma, she been in a coma, in a coma. She could have been in a coma, and therefore that's also another way for Sherry to still be angry but not lose another family member because that's another thing for me yeah. in the film because what this does is it continues to traumatize these black characters because Okoye no she does she wasn't able to say goodbye to um to Ramonda so the last re- the last the last time she sees Ramonda is Ramonda like t- turning her down That's and being angry point. at her and that hurts that. because they had a close relationship and so that you got Shuri in more pain she's lost all of her and it pisses me off because early in the film you have Ramonda say I- everything has been taken from me my family is gone and then you turn around and have that be Shuri too, where literally all of her family is yeah. gone again. I'm like, I, to me, that to me was just continuing to traumatize these black characters for no reason. They could have had her be injured and be in a coma and have the same exact same story. She same did not story. get to be killed off at all. Yeah. It could have even given her, which I guess probably goes into like the accepting the things you can't change, like grief element. Mm-hmm. But they could have had her craft the heart shaped herd to save her mom. Exactly, and it like, would have because then she worked. gets exactly. And it would have been a call back to the beginning when she mm-hmm. wasn't able to save T'Challa, but now this time with the new tech and the new knowledge she has from uh, from Talokan, she uses it to save her mother. Also, how in the world can those can the suit? save a whole hole through your start like your stomach that part but you can't bring somebody back from drowning because i'm thinking it's like because riri didn't drown riri was underwater longer than she was because she died and unconscious underwater longer she was knocked out she had to have inhaled more water than ramona did and i agree kate because i'm thinking it's like i'm just thinking you can heal a spine. You can heal a fractured spine in a man. You can heal a man's brain mentally after being brainwashed for years to the point where he is back to his normal self. But we can't restart the body with the beads. Is it to cough up a little water? Just to, just to get the water out her body and just like re, re-jumpstart the heart? They didn't even try to do proper CPR. They just put the, I'm like, someone going to put the beads on her and they were done. Breathing through her mouth and bring the water out. Like, I'm like, why have to go to old fashioned CPR? Mouth to mouth resuscitation never fails. The technology has, the technology has been their hubris. That's the thing, right? And that's, that's where to me, the writing for this, one of the things with this, this film. Lazy. A lot of, it was lazy. It was insulting. It feels like a betrayal. And it, it feels like a lot of just because yes. this is like the MCU, the, the ex, I, I will say that I will plant my flag on a hill about this. I can see Kevin Feige's hand in this decision because they did it with um with all of the other female characters. Yeah, the, you're not wrong. You're yeah. not wrong. 
I, I it was one of those where like I haven't been mad at every female character death because like I felt that okay I can see where it's going but as it started ticking up and ticking up and ticking up and ticking up and now this I'm like you know what no it's all bad throw it all out I can't do this anymore I can't right. how is what happened to Ramona any different to what happened to Natasha what yeah. happened any different to what happened with Gamora and yeah. uh, what's her name um Mantis almost died saving Tony's backside the exact same way yeah. it's the same thing that happened to Thor's Which mother I think is like the other thing that like we should probably point out too is like if you're gonna do a news like Black Panther in general like it's it like Coogler's storytelling has been very focused on like not necessarily l- using all the same tropes that every mm-hmm. superhero has mm-hmm. and having his heroes investigate them in a different way. And yes. we saw that with T'Challa in, in the first one and how he handled the burden of power, how you deal with somebody having a complex um idea that actually makes you question your own your own morality and your own like stances. But then with Shuri, it's like, okay, no. So you know how all the other heroes have somebody die to traumatize them and make them more of a hero? We're going to do the same thing again here. And it's like, why? You don't have to. Like, her brother dying should be enough to get her on the path. We were already in the grief. Or, yeah, or even having to deal with the fact that... I'm going to burn the whole world. And Leonor was like, I'll burn it with you. Also, did she, like... Were you not angry that he just like flooded Wakanda? Like, were you not angry that he just killed? Because we know he killed people. Because yes. he even says, Barry, you're dead. I know I killed him. Like, yeah. That like there's a lot. She had so many things to drive her to be angry. You didn't have to throw this into the pile. It was right. like frigging, but adjacent. Because yeah. it's exactly. not a love interest, but it's the love for her mother. I don't exactly. Like what they yeah, did. It's still using love. Yeah, you're right. It's still using love to propel somebody by yeah. killing off a character that had no reason to be killed off. At all. And I, At I, all. I, it ruined, it actually did ruin the film for me because I was so sad. But I, the longer I sat there in that film, because we still had the entire turd out to get through after that. I was pissed and angry the entire time the third act of the film rolled around. I was like, because this is, I was in my head telling me, this is some bullshit because I, how dare you kill off Angela Bassett? How dare you? Because she has never been killed off in any show, any film. And I'm never. like, how, how dare you? How, I, I was, I was. The audacity. The principle, the audacity. You, you, know where, you know where my brain went? I was like, Ryan Murphy hasn't even killed off Angela Bassett. He wouldn't dare. Why are right. you killing her off here? Like, <laughs> Like, that's where my brain went. I was like, mm. it's just, it's a mess. And it's just, yeah, that was like my biggest thing. Like, I did not like it. It doesn't make sense. Logically, story wise, none of it makes sense. No, no, no matter any, I, I like, I would love to hear the reasoning, but like, as we already just like, just deeply lined out, they did it to make Shuri angrier and grieve more and to set her on this dark path that she was clearly already on. So on that note, let's get well, into Shuri. Oh, did so, you have one more yeah, thing? Well, no, like to that point too, like as we move into Shuri, like with everything that we've said, if Ramonda doesn't die, you can still have the closing scene. Yeah. Because yeah. she's never processed T'Challa she never processed T'Challa until the end like that end was for her mom but it was also for him yeah and so it's like you can you can leave everything else intact and keep her still alive yeah it's pretty yeah honestly I kind of mentally want to just block out that moment (laughs) because you can't say to it to his credit 
I'm not mad at Namor because he said he was going to come in and do exactly this. He did. He said he did. (laughs) You know what's funny? I'm not mad at Namor either. It's really just like, I'm mad at this writing because I'm like, it's really, it it feels weird. I'm beyond being mad at Namor for killing Ramonda because he definitely killed Ramonda. I'm mad at this writing. My girl needs to stay Riri. I yeah. feel like the writing is what killed her because like you know what the writing exactly. is what killed her because when he hits the staff on the on the window and she doesn't flinch she impressed him so much in that moment yes that there was, was like a mutual respect that he's fighting there was a beat. respect mm-hmm. that was like he was like okay you know what you badass lady i can't touch you and he would have gone flitter on his way and continue doing what he doing and that would have been enough they didn't need to kill her and I just the more like as I'm telling each other, the more I think about this whole this one part of the film, the more problems it has because to me it also affects the rest of the MCU. It does. But it does. I bet you they're not gonna give that the respect that it deserves because like they're only gonna be talking about oh how Shuri being the Black Panther changes the MCU. I'm like no. If anything, Ramon's death changes the entire MCU going forward. But they're not gonna want to acknowledge that because it's a, it's a black woman who would actually be the 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 what's the word I'm looking for the the spo- she's the wrench in the entire fifth um fifth, what was it phase five because it's going yeah. into the fifth phase right yeah 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 well like when you think about it too like Ramonda and as we like move into Shuri Shuri like Ramonda was holding together international relations like can you, uh, can you picture the Shuri screen? at the UN no can you can you picture oh. her going into a room like that like the beginning and telling all those people where to jump off Honestly, I don't buy Letitia, um, right? Mm-hmm. Delivering those kind of scenes. No. I don't see her as a leader. I don't see her as a Black Panther because even when she was doing those scenes, like the scene where she was fighting um, Namor in the in the hovercraft, when she was like, and she was like, angry thing, I legit said out loud, I'm like, I don't buy this. I don't buy yeah. this coming from you. I will, and adding on to that, I will say that's the one thing that is kind of like disappointing with Letitia Wright's performance. And I will say she works well with the, uh, it depends on the who's on the other end she's delivering the lines to. Like, I loved all the scenes with Shuri and Namor and Shuri and Ramonda, but it's like, even Shuri and Mbaku was good, were good. Yeah. But then it's like in certain scenes, she could not carry the scene as the lead. Yeah. And her being Black Panther feels so temporary now, how we know how it ends. It really feels like she's just holding this position because she feels a responsibility for it. But at the same time, sh- girl, most of your time is Black Panther. You made some bad decisions. My, uh, my friend, I was talking with her because um, she went with... Um, uh, all of her stores that were in Austin and they were so excited and they went in and they were excited for Shuri and yeah. they left. And she told me, she was like, it felt like Letitia was there for a check. Like it felt <laughs> like she was there because she had to be. And I, yeah. and I, I, that kind of like hit for me. And then like, I had been, I I don't like Shuri because she's, I don't think the smartest person in the MCU should be an anti-vaxxer. I don't think they should make transphobic tweets. <laughs> like, yeah. I, and so, like, that, and I tried to put it, like, I tried to bury it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just go in. I'm going right. to see if she can, like, change this for me. She's just not, like, she's not dynamic as an actress. Like, she really does. Like you said, Nisha, she relies on that other person to she carry feeds. the scene, the yeah. scene and contribute small pieces. Mm-hmm. 
like I can't even, see her being fierce. I can't see her being intimidating. I even when she's like when she's yelling with Umbaku and she's like, I want to burn him. And I was like, I don't buy you <laughs> sound like a brat and you're making you're bringing everybody else into that, your into your, you're projecting that. your grief onto everyone. And now you're making it everyone's problem mm-hmm. and you're seeking out revenge for the wrong reasons. And then it's also like I agree because like. I remember seeing her in Black Mirror and her performance in Black Mm -hmm. Mirror like stunned me. I was so impressed. And like a part of that is like she did really well acting without when that moment when like the dude was like immobilized and she's just monologuing. I'm like, perfect. She did a wonderful job. And this is like now at this point, what, four years ago from that? And it's like she hasn't really evolved much as an actress. Mm -hmm. I, I think to the point where I think a lot of us would love to see her but yeah. like I think she has the potential to get there but also okay I agree because like I could not like as I'm watching her be like the scientist the lead scientist of Wakanda in my brain I'm just like girl I can't forget that you made transphobic tweets and you like I do try to separate the actor from like the like from the you character be real good but for me to be able to separate I couldn't. I couldn't because I just kept on remembering the anti-vaxxing tweets and I'm just like dang I tried, okay, so like I had the same issue. So when I was going into the film, when the film started, before the film started, I sat down and I had to tell myself, I had to remind myself, yeah. I had to say, separate Letitia from Shuri. Yes. Separate Letitia yeah. from Shuri. I had to physically and consciously, and I don't normally have to do that. I've to do it a couple of times. Right. But mm-hmm. Particularly in this instance, I did have to really separate, try like to consciously tell myself, yeah. this is not Letitia I'm watching, this is Shuri. Yeah, And I was able to do that for most of the film, but it's just, to me, her best scenes are the scenes with, um, with um, Dominique as Riri, like those college oh, students. Yeah. Because that suits yes. her, that suits her vibe. She yeah. fits mm-hmm. as a college yeah. student, she fits in as a scientist. She, like, she works really, like you're saying, Nisha, like, it's true, and I agree, because she's one of those, um, those performers that they really, their, their performances are elevated based on if they have a stronger performer as a co-star, as a, as a student mm-hmm. partner. Or just someone yeah. they can feed off of with one another. Exactly. That's and, what if she someone, and, and if do. the vibe works and if the vibe feels natural. So this, the college scenes yeah. with Dominique and mm-hmm. um and that's and really I, yeah. those scenes were really good because those scenes are lighter and they're humorous and she has great, she has really good. Or even with Akoya in those moments yeah. where it's like that quick back and forth sister right. like yeah, you're complete. Like they yeah. have, she has really good comedic timing, so she works well in those scenes, and she worked really well in the dramatic moments with and uh, with Tenoch and in um, Talokan. Like he, I really liked how saw like those scenes were serious and somber, but I, but they were still very um a little bit. They were it was about teaching, so he's teaching yeah. her. So you can you can I, that's to me that's like I can see how he was building up her character how she looked in those scenes she's like you can tell she's listening and she's been an active scene partner so i really like those scenes but the scenes where she's like black panther or where she's being antagonistic or trying to tell like i don't bite her bossing around and baku mm-hmm. come on mm-hmm. like like, yeah. And then, like, like her, the whole vengeance thing just played like a child throwing a tantrum because yes. you're sending all of these Wakandans to war. You're making um, um and Baku bring his Jabari soldiers to war because your mother died. Okay, and you want vengeance? Why? Yeah. Why? It stopped yeah. being about protecting Wakanda, and like, because when and again, 
Because M'Baku, and I'm I'm not like segueing into him yet, but like, because we'll, we'll get to him, but like, yeah. but M'Baku being the voice of reason and saying, what do you think will happen if we kill their God? And Shuri just not caring and not listening to that part, because that should have been the moment that it clicked for Shuri. That should have been the moment. And that's why I say like one of the negatives for me again was like, it felt like it was dragging because that by that conversation, by that third act, I was hoping to see a switch for Shuri or at least common sense it's just like common sense yeah. was nowhere there around and she's right. not thinking like a leader no, no not thinking like a leader at all and this is where like people all be like uh, and this is where a lot of people the um i'm not going to go back into the comparison between killmonger and namor but this is what people didn't understand about killmonger and t'challa and even okoye yeah. and what okoye was trying to say is they were yeah. thinking of like the the collateral damage Mm-hmm. And it's something, and I and I think Ryan does understand that because when he has um Killmonger be the person that appears to, to, to Shuri, he's showing he's showing that she's not thinking logically, she's not thinking yeah. of consequences, she's not thinking of collateral damage, she's going from a place of anger and, and yeah. a, a place of self-centered anger. And so she's thinking uh, that only she's the only person that's grieving. She's not thinking that an entire country of people is grieving. She's right. not thinking that all of these other leaders in the, in the yeah. all the elders that they're grieving too. That um, Mbaku is missing his friend. His friend is gone. She's not thinking or about even the fact that Mbaku, like right before that, he says like there is no more room for people. Like I've opened up Jabari land, but we can't keep. We can't keep pulling people over here. That's how devastated this city is. Right. Yeah. Like. Right. And like the and I I wonder sometimes when I watch films like this and I and you look at writers sometimes I always wonder do writers realize what they're actually telling us in the yeah. stories and I and this film I really don't think they understood that what they're telegraphing to the audience is that Shuri really isn't a leader. They're trying yeah. to tell us that she is, but I'm like you're right. The con the subtext in your writing and reading between the lines that you guys yeah. have crafted you're actually showing us that she isn't a good leader and actually make that they that well this is a, a crafting this story was an insurmountable task because of the loss of Chadwick take that outside take take that take that yeah. out this th- th- what they're telling me with this is like she just she was never a good option to be a, a fill-in and and I think it's just like because she literally takes it on as a responsibility at that point she takes it on because she feels like that is her duty but then it's like that's why i say like it doesn't feel like the, shuri's gonna be the black panther for long which sucks because i love i love shuri as a character in the comics i love shuri like from the first black panther film and i still like her but i can't I help but see how this writing the writing just didn't do that character justice like remove no. Letitia, Letitia's a performance aside just talking about shuri the character I wanted more from her, like rising up to the occasion, but it really just feels like maturity. She didn't grow as a character. That's not yet. at the very ending. She did not mature. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Like it, like the entire thing. We get her. We get her grief arc. Yeah. But nowhere did you tell me that she had a, a maturation throughout this whole thing. No. She she may not be the little girl who scoffs at tradition, but she's still the little girl. Yeah. yeah. And that, that came through career. And actually, like, Misha, like you said, responsibility. I saw her taking up the Black Panther as a burden. I didn't yeah, see that. her as carrying duty or, like, anything else. It really felt like they were telling me that she sees this as a burden. There is something to be said with how heroes handle responsibility and the burden that comes with it. But they don't see it like that initially. And so mm-hmm. her walking into it is this thing that has to be done versus something that, like, 
And it's and it's only done for for her own personal goals. Yeah. She didn't take up the match. She didn't take up the. She didn't take the hardship herb, um, to to become the Black Panther because she wanted to become a protector. She did it because she wanted the strength from it to go up against Namor. Yes, and that's such an extremely selfish thing to yeah. do. And that's where I'm saying sometimes I don't even know that even if Ryan himself, like when they step back and when they watch the film, if they realize exactly what they telegraph to the audience. Because, yeah, I mean, the more I think about it, like she. Even with that ending, because like that ending feels so up and ended because, OK, if she's living with Nakia, does that mean they're like she's not going to be the Black Panther? Is she going to be the Black Panther? Does she go there to live or does she just go there as a way as as a, a place to grieve? Right. We don't know. It's open. It's so open ended. So it kind of feels like if if Shuri is to be the Black Panther right now, which like we know in the comics, it's a temporary thing anyways. I would really like to see the writing for her as a character mature Mm -hmm. and to show that like she it's no longer just a burden that she takes it on and she takes it on seriously. But like eventually we know she'll pass it on. Yeah, she was go to the challenge, Ooh. which is the traditional way to do it. And I mean, I, there was, I feel like the problem is there's just no time to go through the challenge. Well, but true. It's also- like, and the other thing with Nakia, like you're talking about her being in Haiti. That's another thing the film that had me confused because Nakia is telling her, if you need some place to go and live, you're always welcome here. I'm like, so what? You mean that you're going to leave Wakanda unprotected with a, mo- you without just, a monarch? Like, you just showed up well, to give them their Black Panther. And now you're like, peace. I'm going to go to yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm going even, back to my school. Offering, even the key making that offer to her just doesn't That's, make sense. Yeah, I mean, why would you yeah. even make that offer in the first place? Because we never got the conversation that we probably should have had of Shuri at least telling Ramonda or somebody, I don't want the throne. Yeah. yeah. I don't yes. want this responsibility. Yes. But then we yeah. also have the conversation of Shuri realizing I have to take on this responsibility. Hell, Not for my vengeance, but for my people. Yeah. Well, hell, even like afterwards, helped. we could have gotten like uh like five minutes of her talking to Mbaku and saying, Hey, you're going to show up because I do not want to fulfill this. Exactly. I cannot fulfill yes. this. I yes. realized that Pass I it. am not a good leader right now. I need you to step up and be the leader because I want to prefer that because there was time to do that. Take out all those stupid nonsense, nonsense scenes with Ross and Defontaine and use those yeah. scenes to develop Shuri as a character. Yeah, they develop did that part of the story. Yeah. All like, Ross and Elaine, she's Elaine. I don't care that she's Defontaine. Elaine. She's Elaine. She is all Elaine. Ross and Elaine. Elaine. <laughs> you glad that I can't even remember that she's Defontaine because she annoys the hell out of me. Uh. Every time I saw that character, I'm, like, right. I'm so tired. Wrong. Yeah, like, so, like, with Ross and Elaine, to your point, like, all that does, like, those feel extremely shoehorned in because they need to connect it to something else. And I'm getting really tired of it. I'm tired of it. Like, even in, so, I I know a lot of people don't like Eternals. I actually really liked Eternals, Mm -hmm. but I hated when they would just name drop Iron Man or name, like, I'm mentioning the Hulk. I'm tired of it. Yeah. 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 You don't need to. Just tell your story. Because the thing that made the first Black Panther perfect was that it was just by itself. And it just, and they, and they were contained. And I can understand that like now, since y'all opened the walls, you have to mention some of this stuff, but I really feel like the whole Ross and Elaine stuff was too forced and shoehorned in where it's like, I get it. We're leading up to the Thunderbolts. You've mentioned this woman and showed her at least three other times in three other projects. I do not need to see her again. We get that the Thunderbolts are coming. 
Juliette Louis-Dreyfus deserves more than what that costume department did for for Del Fontaine. And I feel like it's because it was an additive. I feel like it was, I feel like they finished wrapping up the whole film. They got everything done because Ruth Carter does not do anything like below S tier. She is always. Her costuming was probably the most lacking, which is like. I'm convinced that Kevin Feige saw the script, saw the dailies and told Ryan, oh, wait, we need white people. Mm. And we need to remind people that this is the MCU because Every- honestly, it, the the way how Ryan structures these films, they're very much their own self-contained stories. Yeah. We know they're the MCU, but we don't need to be constantly reminded to be their MCU. Exactly. Like Black Panther functions as a film in and of itself. It feels like its own self-contained story, yeah, right. almost like a whole completely universe apart from the MCU. And this film, if you take out those films with Ross and Dave Fontaine, they function exactly yeah. see, the same yep. way. So I, I would ever like, we need some white people because we got too many black and brown people. So we're going to insert these people. I need to remind people, oh my God, it's the MCU. So we need to ra- name drop random characters at the most random and ridiculous times. And I have these two white people doing things that the Wakandas can do. So can't, don't tell me that the Kamoya beans were being able to be bugged by the freaking CIA. Oh it's yeah, that doesn't make no sense at all. How that, how the hell? How? You, they couldn't even build a freaking vibranium detector, but they can bug vibranium. Like, no, I'm I'm convinced them just had to be some fake beads. That in my mind, I'm like, I don't know how to work with Condon Tech. You're liars. But I will say, I think the only white person that needed to be in this movie as much as he was was Everett Ross. I could do away with Defontaine, and that's only because, like, from the beginning. Yes, because it's like the CI seal operatives thing. Like, okay, that makes sense to bring him in and talk about that, and then like. He's basically covering the Wakanda. He's just trying to cover the Wakandans. But like, I did not like how his whole thing was like questioning them. I'm like, you know, good and damn well, this isn't them. Because if it was them, you never would have known it was them. Yeah. I would have been fine with him in it. One, I just love Martin Freeman. I think he's adorable. But to your point, Nisha, and to Carolyn's point, like it could have been like small phone calls. It didn't have to call. be like 10 minute scenes. It's a whole yeah. arc. Like, why would they go to him? Like, why first and first, um, okay is like, why would I have your number? Exactly. Why would she have her number? Why would they go to him? Just call him from Wakanda on the way there, call him from in the jet and say, Yeah, we're coming down. What you what intel you got for us? And let me go ahead straight there mm-hmm. to university. Because yeah. like, I'm like, that made no sense. All you and, needed, you could have just like you could have cut out everything else, just leave the scene of finding him and getting Riri's info and then that's it you don't need anything else because that tells you that they have a connection in the CIA that tells you that they have somebody that they're working with and then you need absolutely nothing else you don't need finding anything anything on the bridge you don't need Elaine coming in with her weird ass like black like a blue streak in her hair like you Mm. just like you just have that one scene and then dedicate the rest of that time to maybe developing Shuri as a leader and a character or even yeah. telling us that she doesn't want to be. Yeah, because maybe. the conversation with M'Baku could have been really quick. Five minutes. I could write that part. Five minutes at you tops. And it just could have just been her on the ship. <laughs> I just would have liked to have seen that. But yeah, it, it was too much, too much. And, and to Carolyn's point, it all took away from like scenes that needed more time because mm-hmm. this film was already long. But like once once Ramonda died and maybe it was because I was so angry that she died that like mm-hmm. it impacted everything else. But that third scene, it drags. Yep, it doesn't know what it wants to do. And the dialogue like falls off of a cliff. 
Like yeah. it is just not, it's not the same. It's not the movie that I was watching for the first two acts. And then like, I'm sorry, even the battle just wasn't that good either. It, it, it just The like, most I got out of the battle that I really liked was seeing how the Jabari men supported the Dormalaje. That was really cool. And I thought that, that like, really this cool. is really nice. Like, look at Black women and Black men come together and I support one another and, like, like fight, like, together. Because, like, when you look at the juxtaposition from that, from, like, the first film, like, granted, there were women on the Jabari tribe who were fighting alongside T'Challa. But it was, like, I saw there was so much discourse in the first Black Panther where people were talking like, I don't like it because it's a, it talks about how Black men and women don't support one another. I'm like, I'm not going to go into that right now because that's that's a, just a stupid cop. That's not that's not what it is. So like now we have this film where we're like, that scene meant something to see them supporting one another in battle and like no one's looking down on each other at all. Like they're all fighting together. But okay, sorry. Back to, so any other characters because we did kind of touch on M'Baku um okoy and we kind of touched on okoye because i did feel like her arc did not feel complete in this yeah, film it wasn't i what i do like is that we got to see her be more happy like she was joking like the scenes with riri when she was like look at you fighting with your with your um room heater i like <laughs> that we got to see that with her and she had the moment with um nakia because they do have a close relationship and mm-hmm. we got to see like the intro they introduced um aneka which is played by michaela cole so that's where we got to see her. We got to see Okoye again in a more relaxed and environment and visiting the homes. Of, so we see where the Dora Malaje live. And like we got to see that Aneka, um, yeah. she has a home with, um, why am I always drawing a blank off her Sumba's character's name? And I love her too. Is <gasps> What's her name? Oh, let me see. I've been drawing a blank. Every time I want to think about her, I keep drawing a blank. She is. Uh, I also just love Michaela makeup in this. Ayo, oh, right? Yes. So I, I love to see that we got to finally see where the um Dormelaje live. And also the thing with Okoye, I love those scenes with Atuma. Like I oh, did not realize yes. how big Alex was in I'm interviews. A giant he man. And he does regular size, but when that scene went on the yeah. bridge, I was like, my God, this man is massive. Like, yeah. His size. He a big boy. <laughs> Looked like a wrestler. But I love their fight scenes together because I love that mm-hmm. she's fighting with this person who can go total tour with her. And he even d- talks uh, talks matter. He's like, oh, you're not worth fighting with my sprint, but this is in and just yeah. go at you. And I love those fight scenes. And I love that again on the ship where he's like, aha, my nemesis has returned. Like now yes. again, I, I love that. They, <laughs> I love that there's that kind of dynamic in their with their characters so i mm-hmm. that's another thing that i am looking forward to see like not that they're allies i want to see what kind of dynamic and yeah. relationship they have especially when it turns out she can speak um yucatan too he's like oh you speak the ancestor stuff she's like i can more than speak more this time. so i want to see yeah. that relationship so i love to see that we got to see okoye with a man worthy of her like her husband like her that- first husband was not so i'm like if they want to put the two of them <laughs> if they want to put okoya and the tuma together yes i ship it and i ship it hard. i like yep, this yep i like yep. this <laughs> well i was gonna say too like that was the cool thing about their fights is there was that mutual respect there even on the mm-hmm. bridge when they're first fighting and she loses her spear instead of attacking her he kicks it to her for her mm-hmm. to keep fighting and then, you know, he does the you're not worthy of my my, my blade thing, which makes sense because he was kicking her ass right then and there. Yes. But like that, like that chemistry 
is so mm. quickly done and done through like and this is the thing that I, I really think Okoya and like the rest of it is like I love action films and the MCU doesn't understand that you don't need words to build relationships and story you can just use physical movement Ryan Coogler does get that we got yeah. it in the first one and we got it here really well and oh yeah. I ship them now I didn't I'm think about that but I ship them stuff. now I'm looking at the stunts to see who the stunt choreographer is. So supervising on oh no, that stunt rigging, because that's another thing that not only that him as a writer do, but the stunt team understands. Yeah, I mean. So like the stunt team is, so like the assistant fight court um, coordinator and is Rustic Bodomov. And so like the, the fight choreographers and, and fight, um, that's coordinators. That's what they understand. They understand how you can tell a story through a fight. And that fight was that fight said so much about Okoye too, mm-hmm. and her, because she was desperate to protect both Riri yeah. and um, and Shuri because she has the two of them knocked out, and so yeah. she's back. So if you watch how the fight is structured, she has the two of them at her back at every turn. Yep. She doesn't let the, she doesn't let the the um, the Talokans get close to them. She pushes them back, and she keeps she keeps the yeah. two of them at her back, so she's protecting them. And she pushes them back. And I love how that fight is structured on the bridge because with Nemora, he says, okay, I got this. You're going to handle the cops yeah. over there and let Nemora do her thing. And then the other man, he said, y'all go to Nemora, offer her support. Yeah. I'm going to fight this one and I can fight her all on my own. So like, I love that. So that's, 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 that, that when it, the, the film, when it comes to the fight scenes does not feel there. And in the fight with Neymar and Shuri at the end, those fights are choreographed really well. The only yeah. fight that doesn't work for me in the film is the fight on the ship. And the reason yeah. it doesn't work is because the final shot is all of these Talokans climbing up this, this ship. And it's like they're climbing super slow motion. Yeah. So I'm like, how did you guys not converge on top of the ship and take them out already? Huh? That oh, makes- I'm already, I'm still like, it's the fact that just because Namor and Shuri show up together and Namor tells them to stop. And it's because Namor knows he needs Wakanda as an ally. Because when he, if yeah, it yeah. wasn't for him explaining that at the end, I'd be like, you actually could have won. You actually had They should have won because they should have had even won. anyone on There's, the ship at that point. Like, what did they do? Were they just standing there for 10 minutes? Like, hey, we're not going to do anything until we see who comes Holy. back on the plane. Like, right. why do you, like, there is no way a fierce warrior people would not have just eliminated the entire threat when you have that much of an advantage. Because like, I'm like, y'all were barely so hanging on. There was like I, maybe 15 of them left. I think that that's why I didn't like the third act. Like my my biggest issue with this film is that third act. And a lot of it is like you have built up the the um you have built up that Logan, you have built up Namor. Like that. It felt like I understand that she like on the ship side, like they were slow-mo. I don't know how you didn't just fight. And then, like, on the Namor stuff, I understand that he was dehydrated, but, like, I don't understand how a man who literally flooded a city can get taken down that easily. I'm gonna let it go, because they gave me the final shot where he's like, we needed to do this to win them over, but... And another thing, we know that Namor can call water. Yes! He can call water. He controls and manipulates water because we see it on the bridge because that's how Okoye mm-hmm. knew they were under attack because she saw the water flooding into the city. He controls water. I'm like, why is this man walking to the ocean when he can call the ocean to him? 
literally. And I'm like, is it because is it like Frozone? Is it like when he's dehydrated? His he, water his powers in the are weaker. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like there's no no reason. matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, I think you two oh hydrogen two oxygen. There's water in the atmosphere around him. How is she draining his ass so wants to get because outside the ship? ship? In the ship, I understand, but I'll say the ear is made up of hydrogen and oxygen. But again, oxygen molecule. Shuri getting pierced through the stomach, she's able to beat him to it. Right. And, all, and, and like, that, again, you know this third about that? Is That's exactly how Killmonger died. How did Killmonger die and she didn't? Yeah. Yeah. But they suit. had the same suit. With the same suit. And he had taken the heart-shaped herb. Yep. So, the, yeah, the, the writing in the third act is like, all, when you have no built up this entire film, but then it's just like the writing for the characters and then like somebody least scenes in the third act, this is what really just like, I loved it still. However, I'm like, I can't let y'all go and keep doing this. Yeah. This is well, like And bad. I think that that's like the other thing too, is like, I feel like if, if, if Letitia had acted better, like her acting was better as Shuri. Mm-hmm. And if Shuri had had more of an impact and less of a little girl throwing a tantrum, I wouldn't have yep. been sitting in my seat going, why is this little girl beating the heck out of him? Like, and yep. that, like, if you had done that, my brain would have suspended disbelief and would have been, I, mean, I was still always going to root for Thalogan. Like, right. <laughs> they were not wrong. They were to kick her ass, honestly. Exactly. Like, oh, she dies? Well. Yeah. Because like, there was no way I could not see her as a little girl. Like, mm-hmm. everything they did to that moment, it didn't make me invested to the fight to want her to win. I was, it didn't we, make me. In, I wasn't, I, I maybe in the cinema and people are like, oh no. When she, when she got staked, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I because sad. at that point, at, at that point for me, it was really just like, yo, I, it's not that I don't, I, I just, I kept waiting for Shuri to come to the realization. I just, that was what I kept on waiting for. I just kept waiting for Shuri to come to her own realization of like this. And then when she finally does it, it just feels like, God damn, it took so long to get here. Too like, long. That film is too long. It took too long for her to get to that final realization of like, oh, it's about our people. And this is bigger than my pain. And this is bigger than my grief. And this is who I am. And uh, and you know what the thing about that that annoys me is that that's exactly what Namor was fighting for all along. But mm-hmm. in that moment, she's set up as being the hero. Well, technically, because this is still a Black Panther film, so they needed it to be a Black Panther that, that you right. know, whole moment. But I'm like, but this is exactly what Namor was talking about. Namor was like, we could have been allies from the beginning if your mama had just said done what I had told her to do. If we had just had a comp, then again, the whole film wouldn't have happened. It, but you yeah. know, yeah, that I think the issue is just like Namor being unreasonable when it came to the scientists. Once it, once I, I, I think it's like Namor's relentlessness and not being able to also see it from Sherry and the, and the Wakanda's perspectives. Like they did not want to give up one girl, and even then, um, Reaver even said like. I didn't make it with the intention of finding vibranium in the first yeah. place. Yeah, Some, like the, the true villain here is the United States. And it's that's the white people trying to really address. It doesn't. It, like Ryan Coogler did his best to probably just get that message across as much as he could. And that is the only reason why I will justify Deepontaine's some of her scenes. Because yes, please just blatantly say the U.S. will do anything to get vibranium. And they don't care being diplomatic. They don't care about being, going about it the right way. They And they don't care about keeping it safe from other people. All they care about is power. 
And that's it. And that's what Defontaine represents for me in this mm-hmm. film. But it's definitely this whole, that is the one part. I'm like, granted, we needed the tension in the drama in the film, but it's like, yeah, if they act, if, when Shuri was in Talakan and she got through Namor and said, like, let's make an agreement, let's come to a compromise, there would have been no third act. Mm-hmm. But that's, but Namor not being relentless, like being relentless when it came to Riri was pretty much the reason why. And I'll tell you, I don't see why even him being relentless for Riri still doesn't make sense because we it, it was established from the beginning that he's someone who's willing to learn yes. and to listen. We saw that with how he approached Ramonda and Shuri that he is always open to not negotiation necessarily, but listening to the other side. I don't mm-hmm. understand that why when Shuri and Riri got to Talakan, he didn't talk to Riri himself. That's why true. was there not a scene with him talking to Riri? Like, why did you create this this machine? How did it end You're up on the water? Not wrong. Yeah. Why why did he not talk to Riri himself? Or even Namora? Why didn't Namora even speak to Riri? No, no one, one talks to Riri. Riri, Riri felt like a pawn. Like Riri just felt like a pawn to get to Wakanda. That's what she was. That he's been looking for. And he doesn't talk to her? Well, that's the other thing, too, because it's kind of like, okay, cool. You kill the little girl. She's already been working with the CIA. But she, she like, wasn't. How they you stole know? the tech. Apparently. Oh, yeah, that's right. She stole the tech. But, like, the tech was still stolen. You don't know how she made it. You don't know mm-hmm. what goes into it. How do you know that the CIA wasn't, like, reverse engineered? Like, he, there's so many fact-finding things that and he, he would do that. Do. He seemed like someone who would do that. So it doesn't make sense that the film, the man built a guard darn vibranium sun. He's obviously, he's a scientist. Scientists mm-hmm. are curious. He would speak to her as a scientist and say, I don't like that you built this thing, but why did you build it? How did you build it? And how did it get into the CIA's people, the CIA's hands? Right. Why was there not a scene with Shuri sitting down with Riri and Nimor acting as an intermediary between yeah. the both of them? She yeah. was like, I yeah. will not let you harm this girl, but I will let you speak to her. Yeah. Yeah. There was, again, there's like, gap. there's just gaps. I still, I like, I don't have to justify and say, like, I still enjoyed the movie, but like, it's still an enjoy, it's still an enjoyable movie, but like, I also just can't ignore the gaps with like the writing for the characters and just like how things went with some of these character arcs. I want to, I hope, I hope they can be improved upon because I mean, Namor aside, I feel like Namor and M'Baku aside, I would say they don't need the work that I need the other characters to mm-hmm. have the work put into their writing. Even Okoye is a pretty good job, but they just fell to her and like bringing her arc full circle. Yeah. There should have been a moment where like she's welcomed back into the Dora. So I think the reason that didn't happen is because I think her, the AO and Aneka stuff, I think all of that is was a backdoor for the Wakanda TV show that they're doing. Uh, that's uh, what I, that's what I, I it doesn't justify it because you, I, I'm very tired of people saying, well, there's going to be a TV show. I, I don't care if there's no. a TV show. I am here in this theater to watch this movie. Finish your right. story. Um, but I think that that was the particular decision between those three because mm. there are like, I think that there is a lot more that needed to go in, especially because Florence and uh, Michaela are just, I wanted more of them because I love them with all my heart. Um, But like, I think that that was why it always felt like more is because they wanted you, they wanted it. They wanted you to want more. So then you'd go watch their other TV show. Of course. I don't don't like it. They didn't even tease it. They didn't even tease it. Well, that's the problem. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, the forehead kiss at the end saying my love. Which I, listen, I'm not gonna lie. That I thought I was like, oh yes, we know they're together for in the comics. We know like clearly they're lovers here and they live together here. But in that moment, I ain't gonna lie. All I could think was I want this orange dress that Michaela's wearing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Which, on that note, moving—I mean, if we don't have any other characters to discuss, uh, um, to and, or deeper or deeper issues, yeah, let's just get into the costumes. I want everything, but specifically all the Adidas clothes, like Shuri's <laughs> Shuri's Adidas outfit, Akoye's Adidas outfit. Um, I want that dress that she wore in Talakan. I don't know where I'm going to wear it to, but I'm going to look <laughs> great in it. You can wear it on the beach. Where a beach or a dinner party. I I believe that Ruth Carter is a phenomenal mind, a talented woman, an amazing craftsman. But all I care about in this movie were the tiny green shorts. I loved them so much. They did so much work and (laughs) did they? What kind of work did they do, Kate? They accented natural abilities (laughs) abilities is that what they call them down there now (laughs) it's glutamus maximus yes i like her team are amazing the costume so this is one of these films where for me like you have to talk about the costume design as well as the set production together because her and hannah beachler perfectly um, match the the different environments to the costuming. Like mm-hmm. the environments that Hannah Beachler and her production team produced matches perfectly to the costumes that Ruth and her 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 um, team produced. Because like you got mm-hmm. these two these two worlds again underwater and above ground, and you got the um you got the Mayan um um traditional wear and like they're calling back to like in, the indigenous um, clothing. And as well as the indigenous clothing in Mexico, where um, where Nakia goes to speak to the ladies, yes. got to see that. Yeah. But, and mm-hmm. then you got like the in the traditional West African and Central African styles of Wakanda, as well as combined with the Afrofuturism. So they kind of did like four different sets of um, stylings in this film, and those two teams, the production and costume design, did such a I think a phenomenal yeah. job that that's mm-hmm. their that's like my favorite. Uh, production and costuming for the entire year like the costume like i want those i want the outfit that okoye wore to go to speak to aneka that thing top with the crisscross yes i want that i want the uh, the red bodysuit that she wore with the blazer that That was such a look wearing that with the blazer was such a look like yes and the dresses that the old that the dormalaje wore to the um to the the, the conference yeah the, I oh every one of those have gold shoes that i would wear to wear with those dresses and all of i think they stepped their game up this year with um with mm-hmm. ramonda's gowns as well the black mm-hmm. and gold that red one she wore in the throne room what yes so regal every look of hers yeah. was regal and then even angela like when she was out of the regal attire like the clothes that she wore when she was like not when she had when she got to take off being the queen and just got to be yeah. sure just got to be ramonda and then also be a mother to shuri i'm like it just matched yeah so well yeah. very much like, auntie she had she looked very much auntie and mama and west, yes. west indian mama in those scenes and another thing a very small detail i don't i i don't think i've seen anyone mention it online or anything but ramonda's here so before mm. t'challa dies she has a lot 
and she cut her hair off after. That's such a very, it's such a small detail, but to me, that's a very, it's a very big, big, big detail for Black people, especially Black women. Yeah. Like, we cut our hair in moments of, like, sign- significant points in our lives, and she did the big chop as, like, that's her outward sign of grief, of mourning. Like, she has yeah. that, like, the co- the hair department, those wigs were laid. Those edges were set. And I'm like, yes. I love it. Like, like every detail that they had these women on. And then but one of my favorite things, like I have to speak to Ruth Carter. I'm going to reach on Twitter if I have to, because Disney being shady with not giving um interviews, giving up, giving them only to white people. But anywho, I is like she, when it comes to the Talokans, when they're doing their reconnaissance, their, their outfits are very reminiscent of marine life. And I love that we got to see that in their battle wear. Their battle wear mm-hmm. is like marine life. And the more she wears this headpiece, that is like the frills and the gills of a scorpion fish. And I love yeah. that. And I'm like, ah, I love all of these small That's a great details. point. I love I all like of that. these small details. What about you, Kate? Anything besides Namor shorts? <laughs> besides the shorts, yeah. I mean, I, I loved so much of it. Uh, particularly, there was... I do not like pan Latin, pan indigenous stuff. Like, no, give me the mm-hmm. culture that you are supposed to be representing. Like, right. I think it's lazy to make things that aren't specific to the culture you're representing when mm-hmm. you are representing a very specific culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the attention to detail in, um, and I'm really happy you brought it up, Carolyn, the Mayan village, like in like above the ground yeah like, the those interior, are yeah. things that like I I have seen people wear like I have seen people's grandmothers <laughs> wear those dresses and like there was an attention to understanding that you were you were you were dedicating yourself to bringing a culture to life and showcasing what is mm. there now that I think was really well done I think my only issue is I don't think some of the pigments were as bright as they should have been on some of mm. the costuming for for the for Thalogan just because you're talking about very deep deep reds and very like vibrant reds um I gotta go get my and very like uh vibrant blues that I think should have been incorporated mm-hmm. but everything else was just really beautiful and I think um the headdresses were extremely gorgeous to see yeah um my only thing is I wish that there was more jaguar iconography because jaguars yeah. are or panthers <laughs> mm-hmm. are, are very big and very important to Mesoamerican mythologies. Um, mm. We kind of get a little bit of that at the end when we see the, 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 that tapestry, the, but like the, yes. We have the panther on one end and them on the other. And mm-hmm. like, I would have liked to have seen Jaguar iconography worked into more of the sets and into more of the clothing that was worn, because that is an extremely important thing to yeah. Mayan, Aztec, anybody coming from the Toltecs or the Olmecs, like Jaguars, Panthers are very, very important to the world and how they build their clothes. Um, and so I think that was like the one thing I would have liked more of. But like, I think everything is just, it, it's just spot on and beautiful. Um, Cause I was a little worried, right? Cause like one of the things that was cool with Wakanda is like, it's not an actual culture. So she was able to pull from different tribes mm-hmm. and different things to make, to make it its own. And so I was like, okay, well, you can't do that with, with somebody coming directly from Mayans. Right. But how do you adapt it to being in the water and the resources they have in the water while also being cognizant of the culture? And I think that like she 
met that perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do want to know what you all thought about the blue angel suits because I didn't really. Oh, like that was ugly. Ugly. Okay. Okay. I was you. really. I was, I was like, why? Y'all remember? Why? Y'all remember how like in Winter Soldier when Falcon and Winter Soldier. And they said that Sam's new suit came from Wakanda and I did not believe it. I believe it now. <laughs> because that suit was ugly on Sam. And the Blue Angel suit or Midnight Angel suit is also ugly. Because I'm just like trying to understand, like, sure, what is supposed to be the functionality of this? And like, how is it? I just, this, this is ugly. There's it no way around it. It ain't, you know what it I reminded sh- me of? I wouldn't Riri to come in and say like, let me redesign this. Yeah, you know what it reminded me of? The you might I don't know if you guys know there's this is old film. I think it was like from the early sixties around. They're called the Rocketeer. It looks yes. just like the helmet. Yes, of the it does look like also, the helmet from the Rocketeer. For the life of me, I don't understand. Like the Dora cut their hair because they're fighting, and mm-hmm. you don't want anything to happen to you because you can get pulled but then they wear these tassels, suits right they have these giant ass tassels flying behind i'm like why why that why? also no why didn't a tuba just like grab that out of the air when she was like zipping around <laughs> so many times he could have grabbed that thing and just like took the helmet off of her head and destroyed her mm. but he didn't the outfit is just hideous it's not it's so good. Bad. It's not good. And I can't look at it's it. It's not even like a nice blue either. It's not. It's an ugly blue. And I'm just like, Shuri, you need to And I think it's supposed design. to be blue that way. It would blend in when it's underwater. But the tassels and just the design for the face. Yeah. I would ask. I just needed to like, ask. really your design roof? Right. I'm like, what was the goal here? What so was we the aesthetic? blame Ta-Nehisi Coates for that because it is in his run of Black Panther. <laughs> it looks better on the page. That was something that when they adapted to uh, live action, did not think about how it actually looks when you have on people screen. moving around in it. And it also just tactically doesn't make sense like nope. at all. Yeah, no, this looks much better in the comics. I would have preferred this. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't know. My sister, every, my sister, my sister, Ugh. when we came on the cinema, she's like, is it just me or is that thing ugly? I'm like, no, it's ugly. It's ugly. I, ju- I questioned myself, too, because I'm like, well, Kanta don't make ugly things. What is this? <laughs> okay, so that's it for costumes and wardrobe. Going into our wrap up soon, but like last part, we'd be remiss to not talk about the music in the film. Hmm. I have listened to the album like four times now, and I probably just listen to like No Woman, No Cry just so I can't cry. <laughs> Which I found, I w- the one thing I was disappointed on the album was that they didn't have the remixed version from the trailer. Because I feel like that would go very hard. But like, there's a lot of great ones on here. I love, I like La Vida. Uh, I love Coming Back to You, Limoncello. Like, there's just some really great ones on here. And like, I've added about five of them to my workout playlist. So I, I was just curious to y'all, if y'all have listened to the album or like, if, was there any songs? I understand why they have a lot of songs in Spanish. Um, I wish they had just paid more to those Mayan rappers to do more songs in Kicha. 
Um, mm. So like my and dialect is two different, there, there are different dialects. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Cause it was Yucatan Mayan or uh, Yucatec Mayan uh, in, in what they spoke in the film, which is good. Cause Gija is what they speak in Guatemala. And they're two different areas anyway, mm-hmm. but they hired a Mayan group to do a Mayan. And that's the first song you hear as it's coming after you're coming out of the, the mid credit scene. That was phenomenal. Cause that's what I wanted. I kept waiting for that part. Um, because it's really powerful mm-hmm. and it's it, it's extremely important when you think about how languages, especially indigenous languages, are being erased purposefully. Right. And so if you can take an indigenous language and indigenous artists and uplift them in that way, do it. Um, like the the Spanish songs in there are really good, like really, really mm-hmm. good. Like it all has a theme. It all works I just wish that there had been more choices, whether from that artist or from like folk artists right. out of there. And if they're not big time or anything, just find them in the communities and uplift them that way. That mm-hmm. That's my only issue. Like it's, it is not bad. It is just a conscious choice I wish would have been given because the whole point is that the Locan hasn't been touched by the Spanish. Mm. So when you have Spanish songs coming in as the main component, you lose some of that. No, that's a good point. That's a really good point. That's a lot of people probably don't see or understand that. So I'm glad you said that. That's mm. why I got mad at Maya and the three. Because like it's <laughs> supposed to be the Maya and they're speaking Spanish everywhere. I'm like, no, why? They shouldn't be speaking Maya. And like we've seen like that from what we're kind of proves is and like we as we've been talking about for from the beginning, like Mayan people are not gone. There are like Mayans, Yucatan Mayans around. So they could have mm-hmm. been had voice actors to play the characters. And but the thing with I haven't listened to the full album yet, but I will say probably like I agree with you, Kay. Like they they could have had more indigenous artists on the film on the album and but i'm thinking maybe for mm. the reason there is isn't as there's more spanish than not has probably to do more with me to, to make the album more mainstream. yeah um, which is really yeah but but one thing i will say that does put that above the first black panther album is that it this it is the, the when you look at the song list that there's an equal number of songs in english and an equal number of songs in um spanish Whereas in the first um, Black Panther album, I that, that album kind of bothered me because we didn't really get as much West African music on that yeah. album as we should have mm-hmm. gotten. And there were more male rappers on that album than there were female ap- rappers and female artists. I'm like, where are there so many rap songs in this in this album when there could have been more West Indian, uh, more West African and traditional um, African songs and more female p- performers on the album so that's where i would say this album is better yeah than that one and then also we have music by thames like the one no woman to cry like the, i cried the first time i heard that so when they dropped it her her oh, cover wow. of it is so beautiful so and, beautiful and then of course i cried when rihanna when they dropped um lift me up by rihanna that oh. song to me sounds like so oh, it sounds like barbados and i cry it gets me cheers i feel and I, I I would have to watch it on mute, but I feel like the intensity and emotion that I felt in the last scene is from Rihanna. Rihanna yes. is doing the work in that scene. Yeah, the yeah. music is what really makes that scene work. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you because I, I, yeah, the scene, if you take the music out, you're not really feeling it. But then that's the that's the whole job of, the, of music like that, right? Oh, it's, yeah. to help the, it's to help translate the emotion. Well, yeah, yeah. I meant more not. of like, I feel like that scene is driven home by Rihanna, not by 
uh, by the song. Yeah, the song is beautiful. Yeah. And I saw this makes me emotional, makes me miss Barbados, and it makes me miss the beach. Oh, I love it so much. I'm, I'm probably going to listen to it after we're done. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, that's it. This was a great two episodes. This is the first mm-hmm. time we've done two episodes to cover one film. But there, as we <laughs> said, uh, we haven't even touched everything. But this film is very dense and yeah. it's very long. So it stands to reason we will do two special episodes. But we had so much fun talking about this film. And yeah, thank you, amazing. Kate, for coming back again. Just to like, mm-hmm. I do feel like it was worth doing a two-parter just because like there is just so much to talk about. And like, it's important for people to understand, like, it's not that we're saying this is a worst film ever or that it's bad. It's just really that, like, no, there's some deeper things that we should probably talk about and highlight for other people who may not just, like, it could go over their heads. I think the fact that I can talk this, talk about this film as critically as I did, and I st- I gave it a nine in my review, mm-hmm. because like, it nails the emotion, it nails the pieces, it delivers on an Indigenous culture that we have not, like, in, in an, like, there's so much it does right, but I yeah. think in order for us to keep pushing for better, we should call out mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. things go wrong right we should and i think that like i i've really loved the space to get to do that with you guys so thank you for having me on and letting me just like gush about the notch probably <laughs> more than was necessary but anytime anytime the gushing and the th- listen that man is hot yes he is fine but he's not only good looking but he's such an amazing actor like i can't i can't wax poetic enough about just how Talk about acting with your eyes. People talk about smizing. All of his listen, this man just we didn't really talk about it, but like he yeah. had, he's he's such a good actor in that he has the intensity to scare you one second and then literally make you laugh the next second. Like that scene yes. where he was like, Oh, you the, the pressure from Wonder Girl will crush you to your bones. But you know, when he was being playful, I was like, you know what? So Let me be like this man was threatening Ramonda and I wanted him to kiss her. Like, not I want to be some storm. I want to be Sue Storm. That's like, I just, uh, steal me. Take this me away. Take us, Namor. Take us. Come take us, us, not her. You don't need to fight no wars to get me. But, like, <laughs> right. but, like, but I think he, I think like this, the, the, uh, Leticia, whatever, aside, I just love the casting choices that were made for this film. Like, yeah. I love what we got to learn about the characters and like, and that's our job as critics. Like we can love something and still be able to critique it, still exactly. be able to point out the faults. Exactly. And it make no mistake for anyone who's listening. We are not bashing Ray and Cooler. Now he had an extremely mm-hmm. difficult yeah. task to put this film together because like, I don't know if a lot of people know, but like he had a whole completely different story already prepared. There was a whole other film. There's a whole other Black Panther film that will never be made because that film was written with the idea of Chadwick Boseman coming back. Yeah. So for him to have to create craft this story to honor his friend and his work colleague and this person that he respected and loved After and, a pandemic. and and be able to craft this story. Like he did a he did an amazing, amazing job in the cast and all the crew and everyone who works on this film. Like we are showing our appreciation to me as a critic. I, yeah. I look at being able to critique a film is showing love to the people because we're showing them that we care enough to think this deeply about the thing that they've created. True critics don't critique because we hate, we critique because we love and we want better. I do want to say like one more note, like one of the, like just very, very quickly. What I really loved is that people are thirsting for the notch, but I think a lot of that is happening because Ryan Coogler very consciously gave us that gaze to look on him and look Mm -hmm. at him Mm -hmm. in 
and see him as gorgeous. Like a lot of those scenes where he's rising out from the water, like a bong girl, or like when they're doing a close up of his sight, like he had, like he's hot, like full, like face on, but like from the side, like that side profile. We got like, our Baywatch moments where he was coming out the water, just pushing his hair back. Yes. I'm like, come on, Baywatch. Like you when he pushed this. that hair back, I was like, yes, that's, 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 <laughs> the throaty laugh. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> And another thing about that, Kate, is like we like we act there. People are acknowledging the beauty of him, not only as a dark skinned man, but he's wearing the traditional um, nose and the ear pieces. So there's there's people who would look at that and say, oh, this person is no longer attractive because they have this thing. I don't I don't know what it's called, but like the nose piercing. Um, And like, like, no, he's still gorgeous wearing the, the, the adornments of his his indigenous people, you know, and that's I think that's another thing to acknowledge that because especially from Western lens especially like we're 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 three women of color but like so we are accustomed to seeing these kind of things in our culture but like because a lot of the audience for this film are going to be people who are not of these cultures who are not people of color who are not black or who are not indigenous um or brown skin mexican they'll look at these things and you know they say oh you know like primitive or whatever but like for us like we're like no we appreciate it because this isn't primitive for us that you know like in west african and central african cultures we see that in Wakanda, you know, how the, there's the, the water tribe, they have the mouth plate, you know, yeah. they have the stretch earlobes. So like, I love that brain and the costume department and the makeup teams give us these aspects of our cultures to appreciate our, our people of color in their natural, quote unquote natural, because they still like film on a green screen. But you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But like still like representing who we are as people with indigenous cultures and backgrounds. So that's just also yeah, another like- beautiful thing to acknowledge. Exactly. It is. <sighs> well, with that, let's let the people know where they can find us. I feel like I don't know if we'll ever do. A, I don't think it's. <laughs> I don't think we need to do a part three. We've been talking for almost two hours. Um, if we do a but, part three, it'll be a thirsting thread talking about Tanooks and um and Winston's thighs. <laughs> let's let's let this show come out and we can see where things and Alex's land. Alex's thighs, because that man is. there's this one scene where he picks up the the sword to swing down and you just see all of like the muscle on the detail and i'm just like you are blue but you are hot (laughs) a hot blue man man. everything i want (sighs) that's all we all want kate (laughs) okay my blue man It all also that, the body diversity among them because many yay. people think that indigenous men are just short or indigenous Mexicans and Mexicans in general are just short. There is a wide variety mm-hmm. of the type of person you can find, and that exactly. was very good too. The body diversity of, the, of those from Thalagan was amazing. Okay, mm-hmm. now I'm done. I promise. No, it's <laughs> fine. It's fine. I love this. Um, as always, y'all can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nisha Plays. Check out my new, new cosplays coming soon. I might try to get a few more out before the end of the year. Um, Kate, can you let the people know where they can find you if you want to be found? Yeah, you can find me at OMFRandier on Twitter, where I am my most active and very obsessed with Donaj. I think I have a tweet about him like every day. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram, same handle, at OMFRandier, if you want to keep up with my anime and manga stuff. Mm. And you can find me on Twitter for the time being on Instagram <laughs> at Carrie CNH12. That's C-R-I-E-C-N-H12. You can find these episodes of So Here's What Happened, of course, on podcast streaming platforms such as ACAST, Google Podcasts. And also, I keep, I never remember to do this, but we also have a YouTube channel. So you can find, you can listen to the podcast versions on YouTube as well, if that's what you prefer. Um, 
you can find our written you can find you can also go to the but why the podcast.net site and go and find other episodes of so here's what happened read nisha's work there read our film reviews show reviews the blog post for the podcast on there as well you can find my just go to my r3 page that's a-u-t-h-o-r-y.com slash carolyn hines and find links to the podcast there as well, as well as to my YouTube channel, because that's something they integrated onto the site recently. So you can find RSS feed link, links to the podcast, as well as my YouTube channel and all of my published writing and film coverage that I've done throughout the year. As, <laughs> and, so until, <laughs> and so until the next episode of So Here's What Happened, everyone, stay safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.